Our reading today is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9, and then verses 18 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. May God help us to understand something of his word from that reading. Amen. Friends, would you pray with me for a moment? Holy and gracious God, as we gather together, though apart, may we know your spirit's presence amongst us and within. Draw us close and whisper to us as we reflect upon your word. And may the words I offer bring glory to your name. Amen. Friends, I think we all love stories. I remember some of the stories my parents told me. Bible stories, stories about fairies and princesses and animals. Some of my favourite stories from Roald Dahl, Enid Blyton, the animals of Farthing Wood, Matilda, the BFG, the magic faraway tree. Stories I loved and some that I still love today. We learn from stories. They stick in our minds. I know this as a preacher. If in a sermon I have a good story, especially if it's a personal one or a funny one, I know that this is the part that most people will comment on. 
as I come to the end of my time here in this circuit, it has been a privilege to share your stories for the past five years. Stories are so important, they matter. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing this part of my story and allowing me to share in yours. Jesus knew the importance of stories too. A shepherd loses a sheep, a woman loses a coin, a man walks down the Samaria road, a farmer went out to sow. Jesus, in addition to everything else he was, was a world-class storyteller. So he begins, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Already he's got the crowd. These people know about farming. They know the feeling of hopeful anticipation that you get when you sow your seeds. But this farmer seems almost cavalier with the seed. He's flinging it about onto the path, onto the rocks, in amongst the thorns, as well as in the good soil. Does this farmer not know that seed is a scarce resource? Does he not know that he needs to use it carefully or even sparingly? I sometimes feel that this is how we treat our own resources in the life of the church, a little too sparingly at times. In the story, there's no surprise when the crowd hear what happens. The seed on the path was food for the birds. Of course it was. It had nowhere to put down roots anyway. The seed on the rocks began to grow, but the sun comes up and it withers and dies. The seed in amongst the thorns begins to grow, but can't survive the choking of the weeds and so dies pretty quickly too. No surprises there, until perhaps the final stanza of the parable. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. That isn't just a good harvest. One hundredfold is a stunning result. Somehow this farmer with his abundance of seed and his disregard for even the niceties of farming etiquette manages to generate a harvest that his neighbours could only dream of. What's going on? Of course, Jesus doesn't say, at least not to the crowd. He leaves them wondering, trying to work it out for themselves. His final line is, whoever has ears, let them hear. Which I guess is another way of saying, this is one that you're really going to have to think about, folks. I think we often see this parable purely as Jesus describing how people will receive the word. But Jesus is not just describing different types of soil or circumstances of life. At one level, the parable invites us to be self-reflective and examine the kind of life of discipleship we are living. That is important work and there is nothing wrong with doing that. I think that's how we most often use and maybe sometimes abuse this parable. We live in a world that thrives on competition and comparison and judgment. So we reduce the parable to that obvious question. What kind of soil are you? In doing so, we put ourselves at the centre of the parable and push the sower 
into the background. That what kind of soil are you question, however useful and valid, is not the only way to read this parable. We recognise that in many ways this parable doesn't make sense. The farmer seems wasteful and inefficient and ineffective. He's not much of a farmer. The story that Jesus tells seemingly doesn't make sense in our world. And to know that is the beginning of a fresh understanding of this parable. Parables offer a different perspective, a new world view. They give us a glimpse into God's kingdom and what God is like. That is almost the point of parables. The surprising, extravagant generosity of God is exactly, I believe, what the parable of the sower reveals. As different as the four soils are, they all hold two things in common, seeds and the sower. The sower sows the same seeds in all four areas with equal toil, equal hope and equal generosity. The sower sows with extravagance and courage, imagination and boldness. The sower sows without evaluation of the soil's quality or potential. There is no soil left unsown. No ground is declared undeserving of the sower's seeds of abundant life in God. This is not about the quality of the soil. I believe it's about the quality of God, the divine sower. We want to judge what kind of soil we are, to beat ourselves up for not being what we could be, or perhaps to congratulate ourselves for what we believe we are. But God simply wants to sow love in lives. Whether we are rich and nutritious soil or dry, stony and thorny ground, we are sown with the seeds of God. No life, no person, no soil is left unsown. And surely no seed will produce life if no seed is sown. So friends, in this story, there is seeds here, seeds there, seeds everywhere. I believe this parable is about God's faithfulness and not about farming or soil quality or how things work in this world. In the sower's world, wastefulness gives way to hope, inefficiency to love and profitability to generosity. I believe every part of our lives has been sown with the seeds of God. And we know what happens to seeds. They grow. They grow in unexpected places, in unexpected ways, against the odds, in harsh and infertile ground. I am a terrible gardener, I have to admit. I have been given some beautiful indoor plants and all bar one have sadly met their maker. The only plant I have yet to kill is a cactus given to me by a friend who knows my proclivity for killing plants. And it thrives. It thrives mostly because I ignore it, but it thrives. It continues to grow. God sows the seed with abandon and with hope, not knowing when that seed might begin to sprout, but sowing that love anyway. We are also called to sow the seeds of God in the world. So what might we wishful sowers do? 
I think in this time, in between the old and the new yet to come, there might be particular opportunities for sowing seeds of love. In the brokenness and division of our world, in the eroding of the human rights of some, in the pervading fear of the now. Perhaps also there are untapped opportunities to listen, explore and discern what seeds God is sowing in the life of the church here and now. Not in the pre-Covid past or in the post-Covid yet to come or the new normal, but now in the midst where we are in the moment. What new mission fields are in need of sowing and tending? In this time where all may seem barren, where is the fertile ground for the church? In whom might those seeds be beginning to germinate? For God sows the seeds of extravagant love and calls us to join in preparing the ground. Before we move to the new normal, perhaps this is a moment pregnant with possibility if we too will only listen and respond. Let them who have ears listen. I pray that we might truly be willing to do that. Let's prepare the ground as much as we can, but then trust in the generous mercy of God and sometimes throw caution to the wind and watch with delight as God's love accomplishes what we could never have dreamed of. I leave us with some words attributed to St. Francis. Start by doing what is necessary, then what is possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. Friends, may we sow the seeds of the love of God in everything that we do, in all that we are, and all we share as church. Amen.